Hi, I'm Pat Kelly. And I'm Peter Oldring, and we're the hosts of This Is That. Are you kidding? For over a decade, we were radio's go-to source for completely fabricated news. You must be joking me. And now, we're back in podcast form. We've selected some of our favorite stories from over the years and put them in one convenient location. Sugar in the tap water. Bilingual dog park. Charging to see wildlife. This Is That, coming soon on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Laugh Out Loud. I'm Ali Hassan, and we'll start today with a great set from the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Here is Julie Kim. I am Julie Kim. Little bit about me. I'm a married woman celebrating six years this month, actually. What do you think? Yeah? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're both very, very happy when I'm happy. What a blessing, you know? (sighs) Honestly, you guys, I never thought I would get married. I always thought marriage was like this archaic institution all about the control and possession of another person, so I didn't want anything to do with it. And then, uh, I don't know, met my husband, fell in love, and I was like, yeah, I could totally own somebody. Let's do this. Let's go. In the beginning, I was looking for someone who would make me a better person. You guys done this stuff? Right? Why did I do that? Why does any of us do that? I didn't actually want to be a better person. I wanted to be myself and have someone love me anyways. That's the dream, isn't it? That's the dream. Oh, yeah. If your partner clapped, be offended. But... Uh... <laughs> Honestly, I'm his rock, my husband. I'm his rock. I weigh him down. That's the way it's supposed to be, right? I used to have a long checklist of things a guy would have to like do or be to be a life partner, and then I threw it out, you guys. I realized uh, it's not complicated. It's just about compatibility and laughing together. Also, I was getting older, so here we are. But... Um, <laughs> He's a great guy, though. Uh, the only thing is uh, he, he's not rich, uh, and that's okay. Because uh, his parents are rich, huh? What? And I am patient, so... <laughs> thank you, thank you. His father's very sick. Not sick enough, but it's all right. A few years ago, we had a baby, too, my first. Uh, Thank you. That I know of, you know what I mean? Um, That guy knows, okay. Um, Honestly, I was also very scared to become a mother, you guys. I saw the way that my mom did it, and she did not make it look fun, I'll tell you that, all right? I mean, very different circumstances. My mom was a first-generation immigrant, didn't speak the language, new to the country, all of that, and she took care of us, three kids and my dad, and she worked. My mom actually worked harder than my dad, and sometimes when people hear that, they're like, ooh, were your parents feminists? I'm like, no, they were very poor, dummy, right? (laughs) Yeah, looks the same from a labor perspective, so. My mom was always tired, you guys. The whole thing drained her of youth and joy and energy. I'm pretty sure she regretted the whole thing. Uh, It's just something I picked up on from the way she said those exact words every day. All right? 
It's true. Guys get all the credit. I could tell from the time that we told people I was pregnant, a lot of people, especially men, only congratulated my husband. Can you believe it? For what? For making the sperm? You know, something men can't not do. Huh? What's that about? Right? And they're always doing it. Men are always making sperm. Every second of the day. So many. So many. 1,500 sperm a second. Yeah, doing it right now. Very rude, sir. You. You. I see you. Right? Can't even stop if you want to. Can you? Try. Try. Give it a try. No. Women do all the work. Every woman friend I have works so much and takes care of her family. And then uh, they also do most of the stuff at home, right? They're not juggling. People say, oh, you're juggling. No, it's not juggling. They're taking bullets, okay? All right. And their husbands are just these guys who are just like, I'm just the dad. I don't know. How am I supposed to know the kids' names? You know? They're like, whoa, I barbecue. It's stupid, right? It's a scam. It's a scam. These guys, they know how to do other stuff, right? They have jobs, good jobs. One of my friends, her husband, chief technology officer by day, useless sack by night. It's a choice. It's a choice, okay? So I knew if I was ever going to go down this path, you guys, that I would have to take every single advantage and entitlement possible. So as soon as I got a positive pregnancy test, I started driving in the carpool lane, HOV lane, because, hey, when does a life begin? You tell me, huh? (laughs) Never found a police officer who wants to argue that with me, so, right? I I breastfed. Uh, It was all right. Breastfeeding. Fans of breastfeeding? Yeah? Okay. That was creepy, sir. I breastfed. It was just okay. Like, it was fine. I mean, it was a great way to bond with my baby, but honestly, once in a while, when the baby would look down at my boobs and lick her lips, I felt a little cheap, I have to say. All right? I was a public breastfeeder too. I mean, some women are shamed into covering up when they breastfeed or going home or going to the car to feed. Some women have sat in public toilet stalls to breastfeed. Can you believe it? The indignity, not me. I will breastfeed anywhere. And I did, you guys. And not everybody's a fan, I'll tell you. One afternoon, thank you. One One afternoon, I was out in beautiful Stanley Park in Vancouver, and I was just out there. Sunny day, I was letting it all show. And someone riding by on a bike, a woman who I actually knew, yelled so loud, so loud, and she pointed at me and she screamed, oh my God, Julie, I can see your whole boob. And I was like, what? The baby's hungry. And she's like, yeah, but the baby is way over there. I was like, shut the hell up, I'm trying to take a nap, you know? So, (laughs) anyways, I breastfed for six months, which was enough for me. My husband and I took a trip to Paris and left the baby in Toronto, like with people, don't worry, okay? (laughs) So, yeah, so I, sorry. So I stopped breastfeeding, and not everybody is a fan of that either. A lot of people really judged me for stopping breastfeeding, especially this one woman. She's my husband's coworker's wife. For this joke, we'll call her Carrie, because that's her real name, okay? She came up to me. She came up to me at a party one day, and she goes, she taps my shoulder, and she goes, oh, I could never leave my baby, but... 
I'm a very engaged mother. You're brave, like that. Yeah, she talks like that because she's English. And here's the thing, I never judged her about anything she did in parenting, even though I disagreed with pretty much all of it, right? Here's an example. She breastfed her son till he was four and a half. I know, yuck is right, sir, all right? Yeah, he was so tall too, and she's just like, he needs food. I'm like, no, you're lonely, get a life, you know what I mean? Four and a half. Full set of teeth, okay? Full set of teeth, walking, running. He was eating everything, all the foods and everything. So at this point, she's a beverage option, okay? How is that, right? But again, I never made her feel bad about anything, especially because I knew that she had suffered from postpartum depression, and I would never want to make that worse for a woman. And we don't know a lot about postpartum depression, you guys. We do know that older moms who have their first babies later in life have a lower incidence, maybe because they're more mature. Maybe it's because they're more financially stable. I think it's because their mother-in-laws have already died. What do you think? Anyone? Thank you, that's my favorite joke. Um, I gotta go back to the hotel and FaceTime with my, my family back home. My child is sleeping and that's when I shine. Uh, kind of a lazy parent. Never read a parenting book. I control nothing. I've established no dynamic between us. Here's an example. Uh, my child and I had a fight the other day and she told me that she wishes she never had me. How about that, huh? <laughs> She never fights with her dad, though. He's her favorite. I mean, he did the whole parental leave. He changed all the diapers. Uh, but that's not even a big feminist thing, you guys. It's division of labor. I did the breastfeeding. He sucked at that, so we worked something out. You know what I mean? That's all. But a lot of people like to judge me for not being the, the kid's favorite because they think that if you're the mother and you're not the favorite, that you are a failure. So whenever people judge me for that, that she favors her father, I share this cute personal story, you guys. When the baby was seven months old, she said her very first word, and her first word ever was mama. Huh? Yeah, thank you. Apparently that is what she called him. So what are you gonna do? All right, you guys, thank you so much, Winnipeg. That was Julie Kim, and juliekimcomedy.com is where you find more of her. Quick reminder, Accent on Toronto is happening on October 11th at the Danforth Music Hall. This stellar comedy show always sells out, so head to our website now to get your tickets. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of the Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at the Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, and for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get back to the comedy from Orleans, Ontario in 2022. Here is Don Kelly. Orleans! Orleans! I used to live in Orleans. This is great, yeah. Orleans is 
where people go who just cannot stand the high-energy, hectic lifestyle of Ottawa. <laughs> you just need a break from that adrenaline rush all the time. So it's good to be here, man. Two years in the making. Two years of postponements. We are here tonight to do this show. I am fired up after two years of waiting. So let's, oh yeah. So let's get right into it. So how about that Andrew Shear, huh? I think that guy's got some staying power. You just gotta watch that Aaron O'Toole if that guy comes on. Wow, it's a... I'm sorry, you're getting the show you paid for two years ago, people, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it is so good to be here. Um, uh, I believe, well, by the way, Ali mentioned uh, I have a show on APTN. Yes, I am indigenous. I'm an Ojibwe Indian. I do believe in reconciliation, so I want to begin uh, uh, my part of the show in the right way. I want to acknowledge that we are on the unceded territory of the Algonquin Nation. I also want to acknowledge that the uh, wallet I'm holding in my hand belongs to Ali Hassan. No, 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 you don't, you don't get it back. I'm just acknowledging it's your wallet. Don't you know how reconciliation works? <laughs> what a guy, huh? I acknowledge it's your wallet. You reconcile yourself to the fact you're not getting it back. That's how reconciliation works in this country, so. Of course, the nice thing is, being indigenous, we're not supposed to talk about the pandemic, so I'm the only act on the show that can talk about the pandemic because it's not this one. <laughs> Did it just get colder in here? Just me? Just me? All right, all right. I, uh, I, have, uh, I live in Ottawa. You know, one thing I find about that reconciliation is education is important, and the government's got a role to play. They gotta stop trying to control our lives. And that's like I say, I live in Ottawa, so right away the government classifies me as an off-reserve Indian. Yeah, I hate that term. I much prefer free range. <laughs> Locally grown and organic. And let's face it, biodegradable, so. But I really, uh, I, I, honestly, I've lived in cities most of my life. I love cities. I'm such a city Indian. Uh, my, my spirit animal is a giant tiger. <laughs> oh yeah, come with me. I'll hunt and track down. Great bargains for you. <laughs> but I think public education is a big part of reconciliation. Like I get questions. People say, how does a First Nations guy get a last name like Kelly, right? And I'll tell you, here's a chance for public education. Okay, true story. More than 100 years ago, the government came to all our communities to get everyone's name because they wanted to set up reserves, so they needed the name of everyone in the community. So, what would typically happen is some government guy would go to my great-great-great-great-grandfather, right? And he'd say, and your name is, sir? And my great-great-great-great-grandfather would respond, and the government guy would go, okay, Mr. Kelly. 
<laughs> All right, there you go. We're spelling it, Kelly. You can pronounce it any way you want. Knock yourself out. Go to town. Right? Well, actually, you can't go to town. You got to stay on the reserve. You need a you need a pass if you want to go to town. So that's good. And I think that's the thing. Canadians don't know their history. So I mean, sometimes it's it's not even racism. They just even don't even know they're being racist, right? Like I'll tell you, this last Halloween. I'm giving out the treats. It was nice to see the kids coming around again. My doorbell rings. I open the door, and there is this cute little boy. I'm guessing like four or five years old. His big smile, probably his first Halloween. But he's in the Indian Brave costume, right? Right on my doorstep, all the stereotypes, right? He's got like paint on his face, some big ridiculous cardboard feather. There's two kids in police costumes following him everywhere. Like, just... <laughs> much, right? And I snapped. I didn't even think, I, I feel bad, but I opened the door, I see that, and I just snapped, right? I'm like, what are you supposed to be? And he's looking at me like, I'm an Indian! <laughs> and I go, oh, really? Well, then I'm a white guy. And I took the streets. <laughs> oh, I acknowledged they were his streets. I acknowledged that. I, I did it the right way, so... I don't know. See, things like that happen. We try to do our best as First Nations people, but sometimes we snap, right? Like, you know, just say we get pushed too far, too much frustration. Like, I remember when, that, when there was that pipeline uh, raid on the blockade, and suddenly we all started, like, blocking railway tracks, because a lot of them go through our communities, right? So we're all blocking railway tracks. We're all going to choke the economy and block the railway. So... I tried to do my part in Ottawa to show solidarity. I uh, blocked our light rail transit system. Yeah. No one noticed. Right? Just, no. Yeah. The whole blockade is me in the, on a train track for four hours with a sign. Like, is there a train coming by at any time today? Right? And the commuters didn't notice. Oh, here we go again. Thank you, city of Ottawa. I'm taking the bus now. All right. Like, is it a blockade if no one notices? That's what I'm wondering, <laughs> philosophically, you know? And the big thing these days, too, is the, uh, uh, the John A. McDonald. Anything with John A. McDonald. Knock the statue over. Tear down the plaque. Get rid of anything with John A. McDonald. And I live in Ottawa. We've got a John A. McDonald airport. Like, what am I going to do, right? You know how hard it is to knock over an airport? Right? <laughs> The paperwork alone is mind-boggling, right? But I'm all for, for toppling a John A. McDonald statue, but I always think if John A. McDonald statues were historically accurate, wouldn't they topple over by themselves? <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, it's nice. There's a... Uh, I always find, too, there's, uh, there's racism, but then there's stereotypes, and they're different. Right? Racism has got, they got some hate to it. Stereotypes are just kind of these weird generalizations people make. You know, I, I get that a lot. I was uh, 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 going by Parliament Hill, uh, I remember one summer, and there's a climate change rally, climate action rally, right? The environment. And there's this uh, young lady, you know, kind of just, you know, at, at the edge of the mob, looks kind of angry, like, like her t-shirt, right? It says, uh, radical environmentalist. Right? And on the back of her jacket, it says, anarcho-environmentalist. And you know the type. You see them a lot in Ottawa, right? She's like about 20 years old. She's got bright green hair, a sleeve of tattoos up and down each arm, piercings everywhere, like a real natural earth mother, right? 
just walking by like, oh, look at that, that's cool. And she gets in my face, right? She goes, are you doing your bit for the environment? You're taking public transit? Are you recycling? And whoa, 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 I don't know what to say. I just went, well, gee, you know, as a First Nation citizen, I was always taught, and she jumps in, she goes, oh my gosh, you're native? That is so cool. Because I'm vegan. <laughs> oh, you're, you're a vegan clan. There aren't many of you left. It's nice to meet you. That's good. That's awesome. And she realizes she stereotyped me, so she starts backpedaling. She goes, I'm sorry, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to stereotype you. I just feel like, like I'm vegan, and I know you native people have a special relationship with animals, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. We eat them. We stuff like that. We, we love animals. Oh, yeah. Deep fry them a little hot sauce. Thank you, creator. Yeah. Like, I do my bit for the environment, not because I'm native. Like, we all we know better these days. You try to be responsible, you know, be, leave the world a better place. Like, I've been doing Earth Hour the last couple of years. I don't know if you know Earth Hour there. That's, uh, apparently it's for people who uh, Earth Day is way too much of a commitment to support the environment and save the planet, right? So yeah, so now they have Earth Hour. And it's, uh, it's the last Saturday in March. Between 8.30, 9.30 p.m., you turn off all your lights to show your support for the environment. So I've been doing that. Anyone else do Earth Hour? All right. Seven of you, good, that's great. <laughs> The planet is in flames, huh? Yeah, great. That's... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing the rest of you walking around going, man, it's dark, what's going on? I fire up the diesel generator, I can't see anything. Get the light, light these tires on fire. I can't see where I'm going, you know? So... <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I don't blame you. Last time I did Earth Hour, it was not the greatest experience. Like, I did my bit, 8.30, 9.30 p.m., I turned off my lights, and I'll tell you something, Orleans, no one was supporting me. People were yelling at me. The other drivers are honking at me. Like, <laughs> come on. I'm thinking, don't flick your lights at me. Turn them off. It's Earth Hour, right? So I did my part for the environment. I took a couple cars off the road. That's good, right? One of them might have been a Prius. I don't know. It was dark. <laughs> but it's nice to see things opening up. That's really nice. I had a, uh, yeah, exactly. We're here. There we go. Let's celebrate that. It, it really feels good. I had a, uh, I w at least I wasn't alone during the lockdowns. I, uh, I, I have my wife, got a great relationship. I'm one of these people. I've always enjoyed relationships, right? And uh, I'll tell you something. I'll, I'll share with you now that we've bonded and we're close. <laughs> I've always liked my relationship the way I like my shawarma. Hot, spicy, and inevitably falling apart in a very public and messy way. <laughs> Usually because of some Lebanese guy. So. <laughs> They're good looking guys. They're well groomed, they can cook. Come on, how can you not love that, you know? So. Yeah, it was nice, though. Uh, I had some great, deep conversations during lockdown, uh, mainly with my Amazon Alexa. Because so, my wife was doing that thing a lot of women seem to be doing during lockdown, uh, listening to podcasts about women that murder their husbands. What? 
stuff. Is it not tense enough in the house? So, but yeah, I did, I, I, we got an Amazon Alexa. I, you guys know the Amazon Alexa? It's one of those, like, a personal assistant. Yeah, you, like, you can talk, like, they've got Google Home, right? It's the same thing. It's a little speaker. You can ask it questions. You can hook it up to, you know, do things to control the temperature in your house and everything. And so, I guess I'm a little old uh, and don't really, uh, really, you know, not that comfortable with technology. Because with my Amazon Alexa, okay, not only am I sure it's spying on me, I'm pretty sure it's trying to kill me. Because, <laughs> yeah, I remember during lockdown, like, I'd be like, uh, Alexa, turn on lights outside. Turning on carbon monoxide. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, okay. All right, maybe I mumbled. I'll try that a different way. Uh, okay, Alexa, command lights outside. Commence homicide. like, <laughs> Alexa, I don't trust you. I'm pulling the plug. Sending spouse Google search history. <laughs> we can work this out. Yeah, I, I knew you were spying on me. All right. Ah, it's funny hearing only the men laugh in the crowd, huh? Did you catch that? That was nice, yeah. But no, it's nice, now things are opening up. Uh, we can actually do things. Uh, my wife and I, very excited. Um, we have tickets to the National Arts Center to see the hit Broadway musical, Hamilton. I love that because I believe this is the first time in history any Canadians have been excited to go to Hamilton, so. <laughs> All right, next time I go to Hamilton, I will get beaten up, but that was probably gonna happen anyways, so. <laughs> the other thing I wanna do is I have a brother and his wife live in Atlanta in the southern United States. I love going to visit them, and if you've been there to the southern United States, you know, if you think Americans in general don't know a lot about Canada, in the southern United States, Canada is basically a rumor. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Down there, Canada is kind of like Bigfoot, you know? Like they've, they've heard stories, they've seen blurry photographs, their cousin thinks he saw it once, yeah? <laughs> They're all waiting for that big Mythbusters episode about Canada, you know? I want to see to the end, see if it's real, you know? So, remember going down to Atlanta, hanging out with my brother in some local bar, we're talking, and I guess, you know, some guy picked up on my outrageous accent, right, from Canada? And he said, hey, you boys from Canada? I go, yeah, I'm from Canada. And it was the Easter long weekend, I remember. I went down there for the long weekend. And the guy says to us, he goes, well, if you're from Canada, you should know this little bit of trivia. It's Easter down here. <laughs> it's Easter down here, yeah. And then he says, you know, what about you boys up in Canada? You boys got the uh, Canadian Easter? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, in honor of uh, Canadian Jesus, you know? He's a big burly lumberjack guy. He was born in a tool shed up in Timmins. <laughs> the three wise guys bought him a toque, a hockey puck, and Timbits. I don't know, I'm gonna roll with it, you know? I just kept rolling, like, oh, yeah, you know, we're actually very religious. If you come up, you'll often hear us call him by his proper Canadian name, Jesus Murphy. 
Or if you go way out to Eastern Canada, they call him Lord Thundering Jesus. So. <laughs> Anyways, gang, I should wrap it up. I got things to do. After all, land don't claim itself. So <laughs> remember, if you steal my jokes, just acknowledge them. Thanks, Arlene. Thanks for coming out. Love you guys. That was the great Don Kelly, and that is our show. My thanks to the Shankman Arts Center, sound engineers Brian Harder, Conrad Hijazi, and Jared Hillel, and a special thanks to my producer, Lee Pitts. I'm Ali Hassan. I'll see you again real soon. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.